0: Welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always by Barnabas Piper and uh, Fresh Off the Road, uh, Ronald J. Martin. Uh, Big R, you are you are the world traveler, man. I tell you, um, you're uh, you're everywhere. How was how was the trip, baby? I'm not on Instagram, so I didn't get. I wasn't privy to like the the magazine version of the trip. I want to hear it right from you. <laughs> Baby, it was good.
1: It was uh, it was a uh, it was seven days in beautiful downtown hippie county of of the world, Asheville, North Carolina. Now oh. I didn't say I didn't say hipster. It's actually more
0: hippie than hipster. And maybe uh, will you suss that out for me, like the the, the subtleties and <laughs> the differences between hippies and hipsters.
1: Um, there's not a lot. It really just comes down to the fact that, you know, hippies are, are going to wear different things than hipster. But at the end of the day, I think the principles and the values are almost identical. That's what I'm kind of trying. You know, I'm, I'm getting to that. The smugness to that. And,
0: the, and the self-awareness is the same then?
1: You know what? Um, that's a good that, that's actually a good qualification, Big T. I think yeah. the I, I think I think a hippie would lack some of the smugness that a hipster would have. But. You got to remember, like, like hippies are old, and, and and hipsters are are young and pretentious. Yeah, I always so.
2: associated hippies with being more inclusive, where they were like, "Yeah, man, come on, everybody's welcome." Whereas uh, hipsters were are, are much more exclusive, and they want to be, you know, they sort of cynically exclude those who aren't like them.
1: Yeah, and I think and I think that's right. So I guess what I'm saying is, if you're if you're in if you're in Asheville North Care. What you're finding is you're finding a weird, diverse mix of both like old, dying hippies and like young, pretentious, intolerable hipsters. Oh, wow, that's so, interesting. Yeah.
0: I'm going to be honest; I kind of like old hippies. Oh yeah, so they're, they're great. We have a ton
2: in Nashville because we have a ton of hipsters as well. But it's like all the guys who who were roadies and uh, and involved in the music industry in the you know the '60s and '70s. They're still around and they have you know the long hair and. It's like it's like hippie with a redneck twist. Yeah, great guys, tons of fun, and super laid back and easy to get along with. Hipsters are whatever the opposite of that is. Yeah, I guess that's.
1: I wish they'd all go away, but yeah, I I (laughs) kind of. I don't. I don't really like either, you know, because I feel like hipsters are just the new version of where hippies started, and -hmm. hippies just ended up being, you know, like the corporate, you know, just monsters. And hipsters are just going to end up there one day. They just don't know it yet. So I, I wish everybody would just like kind of grow up really quickly and be who they're going to be so that I can eat my quinoa in peace. <laughs>
0: Baby, that's fascinating. You want to reclaim quinoa for yourself, don't you? You, 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 know, can, you know what? You can I mean, have it. not, it's all yours.
1: You know, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie about that, boys. I mean, I, I want to eat what I want to eat. If I want to eat a kale shake, I'm going to have a kale shake, but I don't want to have to identify with a particular people group over it, mm-hmm. right?
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Hipsters as a as a people group, again, Pipe, we uh, brush up against this topic. But, boys, we are, uh, as we often do here on this program, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, we have some business to take care of. Uh, one item of business being, uh, again, me promoing live in Louisville, uh, which is happening the weekend of October 23. Uh, and, Pipe, you have a couple of sponsors to tell us about, so uh, take it away. Babe. Yes,
2: we do have a couple of sponsors. So the first is Waterbrook Multnomah. Uh, they have sponsored us a few times before, so big thanks to them. They are highlighting a new book from Mark Batterson called Chase the Lion. Uh, mm-hmm. Last week, I think it was, we talked about uh, in a pit with a lion on a snowy day. I guess now we're chasing that lion because we didn't take care of him in the pit on the snowy day. Mm-hmm. But uh, the whole idea mm-hmm. being that you too often we live by fear, we're marked by fear, instead of taking on large challenges and... The premise of the book being that if if a dream or a vision that you are pursuing is small enough for you to handle yourself, it's too small. It needs to be something that you you need God to accomplish. And so the whole book is around that premise. Uh if you're familiar with Batterson's ministry and some of the some of the things that they've done in DC, you'll you'll see some of that at play. Uh I know that we we've actually gotten some criticism for having for featuring Batterson books on the podcast because there are those who are not fans of his book, the circle maker Uh, it's, you know, it has a touch of name it, claim it in it, but a lot of his ministry stuff and the way that they pray through things and they pursue vision and they expand and they, they take on new challenges is something that I think a lot of churches could, could actually learn from. And so the book is chase the lion. It is available. I think it's available the day this podcast drops. So check that book out brand new from Mark
0: Batterson, the other the, sponsor – was the, the next book will be called Market the Lion. <laughs> eat, eat the Lion, Skin the Lion. <laughs> That's um, right. Sell the
2: Lion. What's, um, I feel like my, ch- Chase we, the Lion is an interesting title because it's a little bit like a dog chasing a car. Like what do you do when you catch the lion?
0: Yeah, exactly. Have we have we seriously gotten uh, beef from people, uh, R.E. Batterson? Only A little,
2: only a little, okay. I mean, and, and I would expect that because any book we promo, somebody's gonna not like, and so and you know, unless it's like J.I. Packer or Jerry Bridges, nobody dislikes those guys. But Dude, uh, let me be clear, I
0: don't care where the money comes from, okay. <laughs> we and I'll say this to listeners, we have turn- this is a business, it's a cold, hard, it's a cash no business. pipe,
1: pipes, right? Though we have turned down books, haven't we? B. We pipe? have turned down a couple mm. books uh, as sponsors because.
2: You know, even we have limits, you know, including ma- a couple of our own. <laughs> yeah. it, it doesn't matter where the money comes from unless they're just overt heretics, in which case we'll turn it down. Um, if there may be heretics, we're totally cool with it. Absolutely. Um, second sponsor is Logos again, recently released Logos 7, their most recent and updated version. Um, so we've talked in previous episodes about a lot of their features there really isn't another resource out there for Bible teachers and serious Bible studiers like logos in terms of the full suite of tools, the way that you can integrate all of your resources, your original languages, your sermon preparation, uh and books, including you know, just Christian books in general, commentaries, they have it all in there. So if you're studying a passage, it will pull all of the pertinent uh sections of those into into a library that you can you can look through instead of having to go hunt for it. So in terms of quotes comments commentaries lexicons all of those things though they're all right there you can do all of your message preparation right in there so it's especially aimed at pastors um but uh, i think it'd be great for i know people who use it in grad school for helping with uh for with theology papers and things like that so logo seven recently released you can check that out go to logos.com happy rant uh, and then use the code happy HAPPYRANT at checkout, and you'll actually get Spurgeon's commentary on Philippians for free. Uh, if you choose to purchase one of their packages, you'll get that for free with the purchase. If you go to that link, logos.com slash HAPPYRANT, or use the code happy HAPPYRANT at checkout. So thanks to our sponsors. Uh, thanks for making us rich and powerful and wealthy. Someday we won't mm. need you, but we still do, so thank you.
0: Mm. Uh-huh well said pipe, well said man and powerful and and you know why we're able to speak freely on this program boys uh it's because this is a safe place for us <laughs> uh i want to i want to talk about safe places should, should we should we provide a trigger warning to our listeners before we go into this though we should and, and pipe i want you to give the warning okay
2: um i think i think the warning i'm going to try to cover all my bases here uh if sarcasm offends you if uh angry collegiate sports logos offend you (laughs) if they scare you if if uh, they threaten you that's right if you feel threatened by them if hypersensitive philosophy professors are something that that may get on your nerves or offend you um if the city of chicago offends you um (laughs) if conservatives or liberals offend you 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 may want to tune out for this section just skip ahead a little bit although if sarcasm offends you this may not be the place for you you may need to go
0: find your own safe place Pipe now, listen, man. I I I gotta come clean here. I I try, really, really hard, week in and week out, because I'm a radio pro to not like swear like a like a dock worker on this program, right? <laughs> sometimes I want to. I'll be honest, and sometimes certain topics make me uh make make me feel that way, and uh, and this is one of those topics. I'm just gonna set this thing up, boys, and uh, I want to hear you riff on it. So. Uh, I'm on the Washington Post. The headline is this. Iowa professor thinks Hawkeye's mascot is too mean looking. It's so a, It's a bird. You guys, this is like a freaking Portlandia sketch, if there ever was one, right? This is like straight out of women and women first bookstore, uh, if you're familiar with that sketch on Portlandia. so So here's what happened for real. And a friend of mine uh, shot me this link to Twitter last week. So there was a there was a professor at Iowa who footnote is right out of this kind of professor central casting. So uh, you can you can envision in your mind what that looks yeah, like. It doesn't even need a description. Just picture It doesn't person. even <laughs> need a description. OK, and this is this is what she said. Uh, Are you she sure said it's a she. Yeah. OK, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm just looking at the picture. It's a
2: little
1: hard. to tell. Uh, uh, Yeah,
0: oh, yeah. it's a little ambiguous. If you're uh, if you're put off by gender distinctions, you may want to leave. the. Park. I was going to say that was kind of a trigger warning. You just that was a trigger warning in and, and of it itself. Oh, sorry publicly. about that, guys. Yeah. So this prof finds the the Iowa Hawkeye mascot called Herky. Uh, she finds Herky to be threatening, to be mean. And here's what she said. She said, quote, I believe incoming students should be met with welcoming, nurturing, calm, accepting and happy messages. And our campus community is doing a great job in that regard when it comes to words. However, Herky's angry, to say the least, faces conveying an invitation to aggressivity and even violence are not compatible with the verbal messages that we try to convey to and instill in our students and campus community. Um, So there you go, boys. Is Is
2: aggressivity a word? I was going to say, that uh, I've never heard that I would have gone with aggressiveness. Yeah. If I was going to pick a word. I, maybe this. Maybe I'm going to
1: start uh, using that word on the rant
0: now. Aggressivity. Aggressivity, aggressivity. Like Here's your what aggressivity, aggressivity would like, offends me. She ends the statement with with this. She wants Herky to be, uh, quote, like one of us. Herky, sometimes jerky. sad, sometimes happy, sometimes angry, and sometimes concentrated. So she's calling for a more sort of multifaceted, a diverse. Wall. Mascot, a diverse mascot. So, so sometimes, so let's say I was playing uh, Northwestern on a Saturday afternoon, and, and sometimes, like Sad Herky shows up. You know, he's just a little glum. He's a little morose. Even as, though, that's uh, probably more, as more as when the, they're playing like Ohio State. because the if they're playing Northwestern, the racial be-
1: discrimination against mascots has been gone on for too long. Big T, <laughs>
0: it, it has. It's time somebody I, said something. I think.
2: And, I uh, think there's a there's a there's a bit of a nature question here too because Herky is a. Well, that the, is a hawk. And so, right. uh, you know, a bird of prey, if you've ever seen a hawk, they really only have one expression. And it's the one that says, I want to eat you
1: because that's what they want. Right. Right, that's, Because
2: they basically right. are thinking hunt and kill sort of constantly. And I'm curious if uh, if this pr- professor realizes that that's sort of the point of a mascot is to, yeah, is to generally be sort of an aggressive, fearsome kind of thing, unless you're a Minnesota fan. And then then you're a gopher, which is the thing that the <laughs> hawk eats and, right. and actually, the Gophers mascot generally smiles a lot. So maybe she just needs to go work at the University of Minnesota, where she can have a smiling rodent. Or maybe she needs to a work in a kindergarten. Birding.
1: Kindergarten, where you can have a happy hawk. I did. Know I, I mean? did
2: like her use of the phrase "We do this well with our words" because yeah. that sounds exactly like a kindergarten teacher. You know, use That's your true. words.
0: Don't, Dude, don't maybe scream. maybe Herky needs to use his words more. Maybe he yeah. needs to be a mascot that speaks, that white papers, that uh, conferences. Um, yeah. Herky needs so, to be part of the solution And not just sort of stalking around the sidelines Looking uh, all aggressive on Saturday afternoon Which would be great
1: except hawks don't talk
2: <laughs> that, maybe, maybe There's this, the rub, big R Do you think this professor has a full class load? Because I feel like if you have time to be offended by something like this You probably need a, a job Like yeah, something know, to man. do with your time Beyond study the expressions of a, of a fake stuffed animal
1: it just seems like now like we we give so much we give so much, uh, you know, space for people to be offended. You know, there's like something really interesting about that. I was having a conversation today with somebody about, it's kind of this culture that's always saying, um, gosh, you know, man, I'm really struggling with things and I really have an issue with that. And this is a really hard time for me and I'm really offended by that. And I really don't know if I agree. It's like, we, like, it's impossible for us to agree to disagree anymore. Like there. Or, 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 we, have have
2: or we always have to agree to disagree because we can't simply say that's an idiotic right. thing to be concerned about.
1: Right, exactly.
2: Somebody and needs I, to tell this professor, like, that's a dumb thing to be devoting emotion to. Exactly. Yeah. And I probably trigger warning,
0: sorry, sorry. Probably just. Well, dude, but here's somebody. the thing, man. And, and I'm a football guy, so I, I, I own this completely. Like, there are plenty of things about college football to be genuinely mad about, right? Like, yes, starting with the fact that it often makes a mockery of the academic side of your institution, given that like half the guys on the field don't belong there academically. Uh, you want to get mad about something? Get mad about that. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't get mad about the, the, the expression on the face of Herky, the, <laughs> the, the, the mascot, you know, uh, so funny, man. I just love it. I wish I wish it was a Portlandia sketch. That's all. I, I mean, it
1: is. It is a Portlandia sketch. I, I mean, in real yeah, life. The- yeah, yeah, at the end of the day it it like re- it really really is. But I mean just even on like I mean how do you guys experience this though on like a normal like like everyday kind of a level though because I feel like I feel like it kind of bleeds through. I mean I'm thinking of like church and I'm thinking of the way people sort of react to things and I think it's really sort of uh it's kind of saturated the culture on a on a on a day-to-day level too. You know what I mean? Where everybody has to be so sensitive to everything. It's like this over the oversensitivity of like American culture, where it's like you can't wait to be oversensitive about something because you get to be, and somebody's going to go, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right.
0: Dude, but it's funny. So the flip side of this, I mean, if you go way on the other side of the continuum, though, is Donald Trump, and none of us want to be that guy. You know <laughs> what I mean? No, so absolutely. So we're trying to land somewhere in the middle, like the... Well,
2: the, wouldn't, isn't there... There's different flavors of the flip side, though, because isn't like isn't uh like Howard Stern on the flip side too and he's That's true. he's a whole lot smarter than Donald Trump and i mean he's not running for president but it wouldn't wouldn't a lot of stand up comedians be on that side too you know you've got That's uh, true. john Mullaney or uh, mm-hmm. i don't know louis ck or somebody where mm-hmm. they just they pick, they pick these things that are offensive and just make a string of progressively more offensive jokes about them Kind of pointing out the fact that like maybe our offense is kind of dumb, and so they yeah. make a point through humor so there there's a smart way to do it, and you know I'm not really saying you should go listen to those guys, although sometimes there's an element of creative. You know, creative genius in what they do, but like Trump is the dumb side of this. I mean, if this professor and I <laughs> is the dumb extreme on one side, Trump is kind of the dumb right. extreme on the other side.
1: But that's interesting what you said, Pipe, because like comedians are really the only people that get away with yes. speaking their mind in society. I mean, they they're the only they can say the, just the most outlandish, racist, you know, kind of because they're trying to be funny because they're making a joke. Well, they really are the only ones that get away with with speaking their mind.
2: But it, I mean, so I. I have a I have sort of a I have an interest in the art of comedy because I'm really interested in in figuring out what make, you know, what makes people funny, how do the best people do what they do. So, you know, I listen to the Nerdist podcast and some of these and you you hear some of them and they talk about how they they are making a point through jokes. And so, yes, there are there are lowbrow comedians who are just like sex jokes and and race jokes and whatever that are just offensive. But then you get some who who can take offense and do it with a twist to to basically kind of turn the offense on its head so they're offending people but by the end the people are laughing at themselves or laughing at their own offense or laughing like at the absurdity of something like racism and I don't know if it accomplishes anything like if people walk out of there going man I need to think differently about people of a different race but they're but that aggressive humor is a way to to take something like this nonsense about a, about a, a hawk and and just go this is ridiculous because you can rant about it like we are or you can turn it you could do it seriously like portlandia would do where you express it you, you know you you tell a whole story about it and that kind of turns it on its head in a humorous way
0: yeah i think it all speaks to just why we need comedy right yes. so whether or not you agree with the comedians whether or not we we champion all of their work um, like that function is important and the ability to have someone in the culture who's still allowed to say that um, in a way that I can't say it as a college professor in a way that you can't say it as a emissary of of you know life way and big R can't say it as a pastor like somebody needs to be able to you know, to kind of take the filter off and and say some of these things. So I'd like to in, see I'd like to see Ronnie try it as a
2: pastor, though. Just get up there and and just riff on some of this stuff on a Sunday morning. You know, I know you preach for like forty five or fifty minutes, so you could take ten or fifteen and 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 just riff on on trigger warnings and safe places and, and see how people handle it, Ronnie.
1: Why don't you go? Yeah, for I do it? I do my own version of that. So you know, <laughs> right out of the what? book of Mark. You know, just download a sermon every once in a while. I do my version of it. So.
0: Well, the University of Chicago boys has done its own version of uh, of kind of pushing back against this trigger wording, uh, kind of caveating phenomenon that we've been talking about. Uh, University of Chicago, one of the great universities in this country, very uh, highly thought of and respected in the academic community. Uh, the headline here is University of Chicago strikes back against campus political correctness. Uh, so what they have done. Uh, they sent a letter to incoming freshmen uh this created a ton of controversy as well basically saying look we're we're doing away with trigger warnings and safe places on our campus we're going to treat you like adults and um have a great year so there were people who thought this was uh pandering to sort of a certain class of uh, of donor at University of Chicago there were other people that thought this was uh, the, the the greatest thing since sliced bread so uh what do you guys think of this
2: Well, I'm looking at their comments right now or just a section of it, and it says our commitment to academic freedom means that we do not support so-called trigger warnings. Hallelujah. Uh We do not cancel invited speakers because their topics might prove controversial, and we do not condone the creation of intellectual, quote-unquote, safe spaces where individuals can retreat from ideas and perspectives at odds with their own. To me, this just sounds like what academia is supposed to be.
0: Yeah. Isn't it supposed to be a place where – A marketplace of ideas, which – you know, you You're can engage with, in to whatever degree you want. I mean, a, you know, a,
2: a, an ignorant bigot is not supposed to be able to survive academia because they're supposed to be confronted with alternative ideas and and have those and have that ignorance, you know, sanded down to to yeah. something else. And and safe spaces, as they have come to be, just allow people to to kind of own their own version of truth and never be confronted with anything either intelligently or aggressively. Hmm.
0: Big R.
1: Uh, <laughs> you know, let can we just can we just talk? I mean, I, can I just say that in the in the top twenty things of things I care least about, this has to be near the the top of it right now. What what pipe said?
2: What what <laughs> yeah. would you? I mean, so so you have a you have a twenty. Your daughter's twenty or twenty one? Is that right? Twenty one. Okay, so she's she was at a college and. There was there was protest, there was something and and they they just sort of retreated into their safe spaces, and so you find out like there is no interaction of ideas there. There's no people who are you know professors who are sort of moderating conversations from both sides of the aisle there's no there's nothing furthering these twenty eighteen nineteen twenty year olds in in worldview and observation, like, as a parent, would you be cool with that? Would you be like, oh, I'm really glad we're spending money on that school. They're doing a bang-up job.
1: No, I think it's just, like, what you're describing is, it just means that if you have a situation, I think, where university, you know, kind of comes into that sort of pl- comes to that sort of place, then everything just turns into a protest. It's like protest culture then. Yeah, and then you're that.
2: protesting protests, and then you're protesting the protesting of protests. That's kind of what's going on here, is, like, there were protests against certain things, and now the school is trying to squash the the serial
0: protesting of everything
1: yeah and it's just it's just really old and really tired and really ineffective imo
0: boys let's uh let's talk about something that ronnie martin does care about um <laughs> that's a good our, idea this is gonna get boring otherwise <laughs> i remember a magical breakfast that you and i shared at a cracker barrel off the uh ohio turnpike mm. um the, sounds we- delicious yeah baby it was delicious can taste the biscuits um, Absolutely, and uh, at that point, Big R, you told me you had just taken a job as a worship leader, and you said, "Big T, uh, worship gigs are, are where rock stars go to die." Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that. one of my one of my earliest Big R memories. Fast forward to uh, to right now, um, we are we are entering uh, the fall, boys, and we're entering a season that I like to call Jared Wilson Twitter season because he will be. <laughs> He will be live-tweeting every college football game, starting with Eastern Michigan versus Presbyterian on Thursday night. And um, there, there's going to be a lot of Jared Wilson Twitter activities. Clearly rooting for Eastern Michigan because you can't root for Presbyterians.
2: He exactly. works at a Baptist seminary. That's exactly. Right.
0: So even sussing out the politics behind it. But uh, our, our boy Jared Wilson did uh, a post on the Gospel Coalition recently uh, that generated some controversy and it's called top 10 things i wish worship leaders would stop saying so as you think about kind of your traditional worship leader uh character type uh wilson listed out 10 things that he wished that person would stop saying uh he not surprisingly got ripped for it and then he wrote a conciliatory follow-up post about you know things that i like about my worship leader or whatever but uh i i want to i want to go through some of these uh Actually, Pipe, why don't you pick out the ones that are most significant for you? Do you have it open in your studio? I do. I'm looking at it right now. Um, okay.
2: Let's see. So it, I would venture to say that it kind of divides into almost halves. And the first half, as you're reading it, is is precisely what Ronnie described at that, that uh, legendary Cracker Barrel breakfast. And it is the things that you would hear from an ex-rock star. And I would say I haven't heard a ton of those, maybe because my church experience doesn't have a ton of those. So the ones that stand out to me as things that absolutely get under my skin when I hear them from the mouth of a worship leader is, um, "Lord, we
0: invite you to be here."
2: That's <laughs> right up there, um, dude. As
0: though the Lord's just sitting there, like waiting for the invitation. <laughs> <Yep>. Oh, good, <laughs> I can show up now.
2: <laughs> yeah. Also, right. a bit a bit of a lack of understanding of things like omnipresence and the mm-hmm. you know the, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, those kinds of things. Mm. So I would, I would say that that one drives me nuts. And I, yeah. I, here's the thing. I understand what worship leaders mean by it. They would like to see God do something significant, but that's not that hard to say. Um, God showed up. So if we invited him here, then uh, then he showed up. So that's good. He accepted our invitation. He RSVP'd. He arrived on time, and uh, mm-hmm. that's good. So those two are right up there. Uh, let's give God a hand, the, the asking <laughs> mm. for p- applause for God. <clears throat> mm. That... Um, I don't know. I don't even know what to say about that. Like that, I, I have always gotten the sense that it's like God needs our affirmation. Right. That's right. what that feels like to me. And so, dude, the, here, here's, those three here's, are the ones that are just like,
0: ah, oh, they're the worst. Here's one that I totally agree with. It was number one on Wilson's list. Turn to your neighbor and <laughs> fill in the blank. I hate that, man. Yes. <laughs> the, the 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 sort of meet and greet. Uh, it only lasts like a minute and a half, but it feels like it's like fifteen minutes. Of you know turning around, someone shaking your hand awkwardly and, and making a little bit of awkward chit chat, right?
2: Oh, it's yeah. Those are those
0: are especially especially
2: the the only thing worse than this is like if if they make the if they make a guest stand up. Hey, is it your first Sunday here with us? Why don't you stand oh, up so brutal. everybody you know people around you can greet you? It's more like why don't you stand up so you can feel incredibly awkward and then you, the people around you still won't greet you. because Does that really don't... happen though? Yes. I mean, let's not
1: overhype that. do, do churches actually do that? Because I've never been to a church that's done that. Well, you have not been to some
2: of the churches that I have been to. The making guests stand up is a little bit less common. The turn to your neighbor and is is the worst. I mean, and it's – public speakers do this too. Like turn to the person on your left and say this. Turn to the person on your right and say this. Yeah. I just, I must be really awkward for the people sitting next to me because they turn and they're just like talking to the side of my head.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, seriously. I know, I, I, but I, I want to explore that last one a little bit, Pipe, because I'm not saying it doesn't happen, you know, what, what we were just, the thing we were just mentioning, but like what, um, like when is the last time like that that's happened to you? At, Cause I feel like modern, more modern churches are like aware to, to not do that.
2: Uh, yeah, it's, it's generally older churches. It's, uh, E like, if you're new, stand up.
1: I mean, I feel like, man, that's so – I mean, I feel like anybody that was born in the last, like, 50 years would know not to do that, Well, you're right?
2: aware that there are a lot of people in church who are over 50, right?
1: Oh, no. I, I, yeah. Dude, not at
2: Substance Ashley. I <laughs> didn't realize that. Wait a minute. I yes. mean people over
1: 50 go to church, fellas? Well, they <laughs> haven't all
2: died and gone to heaven.
1: Um, right. So
2: it's it, – yeah, it, it's definitely those kind of churches. My recollection of those things is probably more from my youth and childhood when I would visit smaller uh, – especially country or small town churches when my family was on vacation or in yeah. the south when we were visiting relatives and things like that. And so it was always noticeable, you know, when a family of four or five shows up for the first time. And they it was I, I remember being like an 11, 12 year old kid and standing up because we were summoned to it. Just it's mortifying. You know, I was yeah, already I aw- I was already awkward enough to be in a new place. It's hard. <laughs> it's really hard when they're like, hey, look, new guy.
0: <laughs> big r how does a uh how does a piece like this strike you man as a as a former worship guy and the reason I ask is like the 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 sort of underlying great thing about every gospel coalition article is the comment section yes. wherein <laughs> all these like seminary students post their like four thousand word responses well uh, I take umbrage with point number you know two point five a and and you know and so on in that vein um and there there are definitely some people taking umbrage with. You know, with Wilson's um, piece here, which which he caveated right at the beginning, like, hey, this is just meant to be fun. Don't take it too seriously. But, uh, yeah, but course- I think it was more
1: I think it was more Wilson's tone that they were probably yeah. taking umbrage at. Wilson's a little Wilson's a little complex, you know what I mean? Because he's he's like a guy that tweets a lot of kind of funny, outrageous things. And he co- mm-hmm. comes off curmudgeonly sometimes. And sometimes he's so serious. You're like, going, wait a minute. Is this the same guy? You know, yeah, so yeah. it's like he's he's real schizophrenic. With his, yeah. uh, with, it, his own, with his online these,
2: these commenters are some of the they must be like cousins of the people who ripped Al Trogi for his his youth uh, his youth group kids post because these the tone of these comments is exactly the same you it know it's progress. like have you ever been a worship leader blah 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 it's this is he apparently did not give the proper trigger warning um,
0: before <laughs> posting this I feel like he did though is the thing listen to his trigger warning in which a crusty old curmudgeon rants a little bit annoyed. A little bit about annoying song leader banter. Don't take this too seriously, except maybe do. Well, all right. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's
2: it's sort of a, it's a qualified one. It's a qualifier. He calls himself crusty curmudgeonly. and, And he says he's ranting in which that's true. The thing is like how at the risk of insulting all of these commenters, which I'm totally cool with, how dumb do you
0: have to be to not understand jokes? Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, uh-huh. I don't.
2: understand. It's Dude, a but the,
0: here's the thing: there's no context for jokes on the Gospel Coalition. You know what I mean? It, this, this, this internet, isn't a joke. Is there? Is there a context on the internet? Can
1: I we do well, that? well? Yeah, I mean, look, yeah. So for TGC, this was a little. You know, this was a little. Uh, this was a little slappy for TGC. A little far
0: afield. For it
1: TGC. was a little flippant, but you know, here's what's yeah. funny: is that like when? So you know, kind of the, kind of you know the 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 tribal you know, the tribes I'm coming from, you know, you're not seeing, dude, you're just not seeing worship leaders like fall into these things, right? So you're just like, they're really aware of, of all of these sort of cliches right. that have, you know, come down the pike over the past, you know, 20, 30, 40 years. So that stuff is just, that stuff is absent. You know, it, it's absent at our church. It's absent at churches I would go to that you guys would go to. Um, so the, these are really just – these are the extension of cliches that have just sort of kind of probably had their sell-by date over time. But yet they're probably still happening in bigger, more, you know, attractional-oriented churches. You know, we're we ready to have some fun this morning.
2: Or, I mean, or I, I, Possibly Wilson may have spoken at like uh, a, for sum- sure. a summer camp. Or something yeah, like that, because right. these sound very campy to me. Like I'm just going to read them. through the ones that I didn't hit earlier, just for for listener's sake, so they don't actually have to do the work of reading this. Are for number ten, are we ready to have fun this morning? Number nine, how's everybody feeling? Which is funny because that's exactly how Matt Chandler starts every sermon.
0: Uh-huh. Right?
2: How's everybody doing? Uh, number eight, you can do better than that. Number seven, I can't hear you.
0: Number six. Dude, uh, wait a minute. We're reformed. We don't care about feelings. You should be like, <laughs> how's everybody thinking? <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. How's everybody processing? Yeah, exactly. Um, uh,
2: introducing a hymn. Here's an oldie we dusted off. Uh, number five, rock and worship. And then the ones that I hit, uh, Lord, we invite you to be here. God showed up. Let's give God a hand. And then Ted's favorite, turn to your neighbor and. So those it's first like, youth. five it's or six. Youth camp. They, yeah. They all sound like mm-hmm. camp to me. And it does. And they're. They're kind of ridiculous there too. But uh, I I mean these – I'm reading through the comments right now and I'm – if I go quiet for a little while, these are just mesmerizing.
0: Oh, they are, man. TGC comments are are some of the best entertainment. But I
1: also think that people that are like true fans of TGC are probably not the ones that are – you know what I mean? People that would really buy into the theology behind TGC are probably not the people that are commenting on posts like this is what I would say. Right.
2: They're the ones who got – I mean this thing has been shared 34,000 times on Facebook. Share their right. light, which means that it's it's looping in people who are not part of the, the uh, sanctimonious reformed camp, because that camp would 100% agree with all this. They might not realize it's a joke, but they're 100% going to agree with it.
1: Yeah, it was a little baity. I mean, there, there's no doubt it about was, it. It was, yeah. We do, we little, do stuff like know. this
2: periodically on the Blazing Center, where we'll do a list, I mean, like 14 kids you find in youth group, because sometimes you just have to poke fun at some of the silly things that happen in the church world, and... And we get killed for it, by and large. Yeah, and they drive traffic like bonkers. I mean we know – we don't lead with this stuff. Most of the posts are pretty you know, thoughtful and and a little bit more serious than this. But we know when we do a post like this, it's going to pop a little bit and uh, I don't know. It it does draw in the people who don't quite know the ethos of the site or the, the tone of the writer and whatever. But anyway, uh, maybe yeah. we should just invite God to show up and, and move on to something else.
1: <laughs> you know what, man? Let me just talk about God showing up because I feel like there's that kind of that kind of tr- that, that gives me sort of a, a trigger, you know, if I if I can use that that word anymore. Um,
0: it, maybe I it's thought a, you didn't care about that.
1: You know, I, I kind of don't <laughs> except for the fact that man, you know, it's there, there's one phrase that God showed up reminds me of and I, and I literally almost feel like it's heretical is when people say, I think it was a God thing, man. It was a yes. god oh, thing. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, it's so funny. And so I, I always almost suggested so I always, that
2: as a topic for this podcast the the using God as an adjective. It's a God thing. It was a God conversation. Those. So I always yes. like.
1: So I always pause when they say that, and I, and I always feel like I'm I always feel like I'm being the curmudgeon. But I I've gotten so intolerant of that phrase, I just can't resist anymore. And I always stop and I go. Dude, is, do you really believe there's anything in this world that isn't a God thing? If you believe He's sovereign, I mean, I get all theological, you know, but like, it like drives me up the wall. Like, dude, it was a God thing, as opposed to that other thing that happened outside of His like sovereign will. And I know we're getting super reformy right now, but like at the know, same I'm, time,
2: I'm feeling like I needed a trigger warning, a
1: theological trigger warning. But it's like it's an absurd statement to make in its, it's a sense.
2: It's funny. I would have been a lot more shallow about it and just been like, it's. It's a st- it's like using the word great to describe things. Mm. Find better adjectives. Describe the thing that happened in a way that actually says something about God. If right. it's a God thing, what does that mean? Yeah, you, I mean, like say something that means a thing. You know, if God. If God made a situation happen that was a blessing, that was unexpected, that no, there's no other way it could have happened, then say that. But just, that's every that's Every
1: situation, unfortunately.
2: <laughs> right, but but if but our recognition of it is notably lacking most of the time, and so right, no, right, and right. so it, but to me, I just hear God thing. Or, or I saw somebody post it and they're like, it was a real God, a real God conversation. I and mean, God is not an adjective. Say yeah. a thing about God if that's if that's what you're trying to say.
1: Dude, we're getting really reformed podcast right now. Let's move on, Big T. Oh, good
0: call. Moving on. Yeah. B- baby, we don't have a lot of time. I have to go and uh, and coach a football practice. But uh the, the the last topic, uh it's one that I feel like we've covered a lot, and it's one that uh Pipe, I dare say this this may need a trigger warning for Big R. I feel like it's been a tough app for Big R. I feel like Big <laughs> R felt a little bit attacked by the worship leader thing. And I think like you gonna- know
1: that's not true. You know that's not
0: true. Come baby, on. I <laughs> Am guarding your heart and your emotions. Wow. Your- okay. Wow.
1: Guarding your heart. Are you about Guard- to ask him out? Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna add, I'm gonna add that. I'm gonna put that as like one B on Wilson's like top ten. Guarding your <laughs> guarding your heart.
2: Now that's that's in the top ten things I wish people would quit saying about dating. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> All right. So so the last topic, and we we got to be quick here. Uh, This was pipes. Why must hipsters gourmet everything? uh Didn't mac cover and cheese that
1: already? I'm a thong- I,
0: I feel like this has come up a lot but mac and cheese grilled cheese burgers and sausages so taking things that are manifestly uh lowbrow or not gourmet and having to gourmet them and and again big r uh, i don't want this to hurt you uh, <laughs> i don't want this to be said in anger but I, i'm gonna ask you this and we're gonna close on this um what was the most sort of hipstery thing in this genre that you ate when you were in Asheville, because I know you did. Okay. Oh, I, 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 I know you had food like this. Absolutely. So, something that I'm going to tell be, you, I'm going to tell I, I, you right now. You tell me right now. I'm going to okay, tell go you on. right now.
1: You don't have to say another word. Do not even speak another word until I tell you what this is. Bums
0: the word, baby go. And it was simply this,
1: a maple go. bourbon donut. That was it right there. Oh,
0: Jesus. <laughs>
1: a maple bourbon donut. And let me just Of course it was a maple bourbon donut. And let me just let me just say it well, was, was it obviously a maple
2: bourbon cronut.
1: No, it was not a cronut. Okay. This place was too old school for cronuts. They all were right. trying to do all this new school Pirates of the Caribbean like <laughs> kind of stuff, man. This was simply you go into this place called the hole you order oh, a donut they make it for you on the spot so it's individual every donut's made individual on the spot if and they have cost their like $16 it, it costs $23 per donut exactly and, uh, we only because of that we only ordered six uh-huh. so and um a dozen. good and then we you've hitchhiked back we hitchhiked <laughs> back because there's a lot of hippies there so we're just standing in a long line of people with their thumbs up right and hitchhiking uh, is vintage
0: it's hipster <laughs> Oh, it's you're, hipster. You're, you're good there. So, man, okay. so let me
1: just tell you that I, I took a bite of this donut, and I'm not gonna lie, fellas, it was the greatest experience that I have ever had in my life, man.
0: Oh, Judas, <laughs> I rejoice that
1: it was worth <laughs> every it was worth every dime of that twenty-three dollars. Yeah. Absolutely, man. And I'm just talking about the plain I just had I just go, I just ordered the plain the plain maple, man, and it was it was divine, man. Now, baby, div-
0: what did you drink with this uh, 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 Urban Outfitters Maple Pirates of the Caribbean bourbon donut that you Obviously had? Obviously,
1: I ordered a $16.25 pour over. Obviously. Of course. With yeah. a
0: side of raw goat's milk.
1: Well, let's not be ridiculous now. I mean, they. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was young raw. It was, it was young calf's milk. Goat milk.
0: <laughs> Ronnie, one more question. Throw uh, did, you, did you photograph the, the maple bourbon donut before you ate it? And did I mean, you post it to uh, Instagram?
1: I mean, I posted a picture of the hole, but um, I didn't post any pictures of the donuts. But you know what? I got them, and I, I'm going to post them now, now that you reminded me.
0: What was, the, what was the surface that you ate it off of? Distressed barn door or sheet metal?
1: <laughs> it, was, it was distressed. Um, it was aged barrel. Yeah, it was aged like barrel. A, it was made into it was, like a table surface. Which, yes, which of course. Like it was repurposed
0: a, barrel. It was a yeah. bourbon barrel. You're like I still have, sp-
1: I still have splinters in my mouth right now. It was, I mean, that was part of the experience, like it was chewing a the splinters. Right. Barrel, it was. Uh, and Pipe, that was don't part. You feel like that was part Pipe of the is- flavor. That's part of the flavor. Of course,
0: don't you feel like we've been to this place? You know what I mean, even though we haven't. <laughs> I, think a I, I think I go brick. there every week, and I've never been to Asheville. Exactly. Yeah. You go there every week, meaning downtown Nashville. Yeah, anywhere. East Nashville, West yeah. Nashville. Just yeah, just Nashville, Mappers. Asheville.
2: It doesn't matter. I know. The, take or leave the end. It's it's all the same. It's uh, yeah, wood splinters and maple donuts. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: What what is life if not wood splinters and maple donuts? Probably?
1: Well, that is my life, boys. That is my life. That's the life <laughs> I, I lead.
0: You I know. know, and in
1: the, and in between all of that, I, I prepare it's some. Peruvian. Storms. It's Peruvian pour overs. It's Peruvian pour overs. Absolutely.
0: Dude, That's can we can we cue this up for another app? I feel like I'm show, I'm, I am showing my ignorance here, but I feel like this is, again, a safe place. I don't even fully know what the H you're talking about when you say pour over. All right. Cause, so, cause, so what we'll do is – Don't you pour the whole uh, – all coffee is a pour Easy. Over, right? go,
1: go slow, Big T. Well, I'm, maybe I'm, adding, it, I'm adding
2: this to the list for a future episode. Uh, In
1: fact, in fact, we just want you to. It's almost going to be like we don't even do an intro in the next step. You're just literally going to pick up where we where we left off,
0: Big T. How about that? I just want a seminar on this. I I want this explained to me in explicit detail. Absolutely. Uh, Okay.
1: And and as soon as you're ready to spend thirty to forty bucks per cup of coffee, you you'll be able to experience in your experience in your hometown.
0: Okay, uh, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to start saving, and then by next week, I'll have enough uh, saved up to go buy a pour over.
1: Baby, if me, if me and B-Pipe pitch in, do you, do you think that would give you enough money to go buy a pour-over this week? Baby, See, listen, baby I don't want you buying sponsor.
0: my... Nobody buys my pour-overs,
2: okay? I'm the too quest- proud. The other question is, will you have enough time? Because a pour-over takes approximately 27 times longer than an
0: average coffee at a coffee shop.
1: you could have said 27 minutes. That would have been accurate. That's accurate.
0: Dude, you guys, you want to know something that really happens? I was, I was in a coffee shop recently and i ordered a certain kind of coffee and the girl goes oh it's it's you know i just want to let you know that's gonna have to be a pour over yeah i didn't know i didn't know what she was talking i just acted like i knew yeah and i know
1: you you <laughs> were at starbucks weren't you big T? I was at she starbucks sits, she said we don't have we don't have it like we don't we, we don't, don't have, have a trip we yeah, just we have to give it to
0: you pour- i'm like you know do what you got to do
1: big t right? just hold just just calm down relax Try, try to try to try to get some composure, and we'll explain it to you next. Did time. You I got to try to
0: get some sleep between now and next <laughs> week.
2: It's going to be tough,
1: isn't it? Did you at
2: yeah. some point go back up to the counter and ask them what was taking so long with your coffee?
0: No, man. I mean, I did the thing that that, that you do at Starbucks, which is stand there awkwardly until some college kid gets up, and then you can uh, have a place to sit. You know, and by then, like the the thing was ready. But gotcha. I don't know. It was stressful, man. It was stressful. Uh, oh, but. Man. I'm just glad I have you guys. I'm glad I have people in my life. I can be uh, candid you know, can and I, authentic. Can I pray
1: for that right now?
2: <laughs> can we invite God into this conversation yeah. about
0: pour-overs? You guys, this is, this is a God thing, this conversation. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Boys, we have wandered uh, to and fro, which is uh, exactly what we do uh, on each and every episode. If you're one of our 30,000 plus listeners per month, you know that we do this uh, and, and you love us for it. Um, So until uh, next time, boys, Uh, Rachel the Held Evans.
2: at lifeaudio.com.